1: And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Hello and welcome to the Independent Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Chloe Hubbard, Executive Editor at The Independent. This podcast is about getting behind the headlines and drilling down into the issues we're all experiencing as we try to navigate how to live, work and stay healthy and happy during the COVID-19 pandemic. Today I'm joined by Rasheen O'Connor, the Independence Music Correspondent. Rasheen's weeks would usually be spent going to gigs, meeting artists and generally being fabulous. However, large gatherings of any kind are now banned and every week more and more gigs and festivals are being cancelled. Rasheen, thanks so much for joining me. How are you coping with not being able to get out and watch live music?
3: Um, it's definitely been an adjustment. Uh, I've gone from going to about four, sometimes five gigs a week to none and uh, actually not really seeing anyone. So it's yeah, definitely been something to get used to. Um, on the other hand, it's not like there's not been other stuff going on. So I think I've been kept busy, fortunately, but I definitely miss the live scene. Yeah, but there have been those sort of um,
2: those live streamed concerts, haven't there? I, I must say I, I can't get into them, but I suppose you've probably had to watch them for work, haven't you?
3: Yeah, we did the uh, the One World concert, which was set up by Lady Gaga with Global Citizen and the World Health Organization, which was very moving to watch. But it's just, I think there's just no way you can really capture the atmosphere of being a, a live show uh, via a live streamed performance, to be honest. Uh, however, yeah.
2: hard- It's hard enough watching Glastonbury on the telly, let alone something without a crowd. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so how has your job changed in the past six, now seven weeks, and what have you actually been doing?
3: So initially it was kind of strange because I think a lot of publicists for artists weren't really sure what the independence music section was going to do in response to what was going on. Um, You know, I got a lot of requests saying, essentially asking me, was my job still the same and like, was I still writing about music as though I might have suddenly been transferred over to health correspondent or something. Um, so it was kind of just reassuring a lot of people that I'd still be writing out music and uh dealing then with how the industry was kind of reacting, which involved a lot of album rescheduling. Uh at first there was a massive wave of announcements over cancellations and everything, which we had to obviously be uh covering. So it was kind of like a big scramble. And then since then it's sort of evened out. And uh I think people are kind of coming to grips with things and a lot of people kind of come to terms with the fact that you know live music wise it's probably not going to be happening for a while
2: yeah uh, a new normal so you mentioned when we were chatting on the phone the other day that um you're actually finding access to artists a little bit easier at the moment i guess because they're all on lockdown too is it usually quite difficult to speak to people and is there anyone interesting you've managed to get hold of that we can look forward to sort of reading about soon
3: I think. In terms of access, I mean, fortunately for The Independent, I think we've grown a pretty good reputation uh, for music over the years. So most of the time we're, we get quite good access to artists. Um, that said, I think at the moment you're right, There's because there's no real excuse for people to not be doing things, um, maybe they're a little bit more willing to, to spend some time with journalists. Uh, so we started this new series called On The Record, which is artists writing about their favourite albums, which is going really well. Um, We've had people like Anna Calvi, uh, Nilofer Yanya, Dan from Bastille is doing one, Nal Horan. Um, So yeah, that's been like a really nice thing to do. It's just kind of people writing about music they really love and nothing else basically is kind of a nice concept, I think.
2: I saw you sort of did your own version of that, didn't you? When you um, <laughs> you tweeted about your beloved Shania and the uh, Come On Over album. What is it about that album for you that you love so much and why are you reaching for it now?
3: Uh, well, Shania's <laughs> that's a very special place in my heart. I think, um, I don't know, it's one of the earliest albums I, I remember listening to And full. Uh, Come On Over came out when I was about six in the US and... I think I persuaded my parents to let me have it with my pocket money. I had a dance routine for every song. My brothers still bear the psychological scars. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then last year uh, I broke my ankle in a particularly nasty way and spent the next few months basically bedbound. And, you know, that's understandably, I think, has a bit of a psychological effect on you. And so listening to Shania Twain actually helped cheer me up through a lot of that. And so I wrote, I wrote this piece, just paying tribute. And uh, yeah, she, she responded to it, which is pretty amazing. I mean, we have actually met before, um, twice. So I interviewed her a few years ago and it was also at her album playback. So I think it was kind of maybe she saw that and thought, oh, like, she's written about me again.
2: <laughs> it's nice. So, it's, you know, we all need our heroes. So she actually tweeted your, tweeting a video back to your sort of odes to that album, didn't she?
3: Yeah, that was the mad thing, that she actually took the time to record a video. When I hear that someone has been lifted and helped through a difficult time with my music, I am so rewarded as a singer, as a songwriter. Slightly funny thing, I guess, is people were like, oh, she seems really emotional. Um, because it sounded like she's on the verge of tears and I didn't want to point out that she actually always sounds like that because she had um <laughs> Lyme disease so she's her voice is a, like you know quite fragile um but you know it was, it was still very moving. So rushing. thank you and I appreciate you and I I'm so grateful that you appreciate me and my music and what I do and like I said it's just such a huge
2: reward to know that it can help pull someone out of such a difficult time. Didn't she have some sort of funny Snapchat filter over her face as well?
3: Yeah, there were like some glitter effects or something in the background. though um, no, she put a lot of effort into it. The production value was great.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, Shania can do what she wants. She took a horse well, onto can. stage in Las Vegas. She can put stars around her head, you know. Literally anything. Anything she wants. <laughs> okay. So one of the things I've realised at the moment is that music is so important. Um, perhaps it's because we've got more time. Perhaps we're spending you know, a bit less time on the commute and a bit more time you know, forcing ourselves to go out and do the hours walk or whatever it is we're doing with our hour of exercise we're allowed to do. And I'm finding I'm picking up albums I haven't touched in years or perhaps previously didn't even know I liked that much. One example of that is um, Ben Howard's album Every Kingdom, which I think is like a 2011-2012 release. Um, because it calms me down and I think it reminds me of home and living on the coast Um, and in the mornings I'm sort of listening to pop which wouldn't always be my go-to I need these things to kind of get me upbeat Um, is that something you've noticed you're doing?
3: Um, I think in a similar way yeah but I'm kind of spending the time to go through a lot of albums that maybe I should have spent more time with along a while ago you know Um, I'm trying to delve into a lot of classic albums I'm listening to a lot of Bob Dylan, who I haven't previously given uh, the time of day, uh, because I think my dad played him a lot at home and he was one of the few artists I just didn't really click with. And um, just a lot of kind of, yeah, like vintage music. But then also on top of that, I think I'm just finding a lot more time to really delve into new artists who previously I might have listened to like a couple of singles because, you know, I'm writing about them as they release them. And now I'm just getting a lot more time to spend with full albums, which I'm really enjoying.
2: I think musos would always tell you, and you're probably among them, that you must listen to the full album to sort of get the sense of it. And I keep, see, keep seeing you tweeting about this 10 album track thing. Can you explain what, what you're <laughs> talking about?
3: So basically around, uh, I'd say like 2015 or something, albums just became an excuse for artists to gain more money with streaming and I think Drake especially was a massive pioneer of this. Like he released albums that were 20, 25 tracks long. And on a selfish level as a critic, that's exasperating because you know no one wants to review 25 songs on an album when you've got other stuff to be getting on with, especially when a lot of that is actually filler, you know, like they've blatantly just put it into um, the streaming time essentially. Um and I think there's a real value in like, you know, releasing an album that is 10 tracks that you're you know, fully satisfied with that are perfect. And it's, you know, it's just a good listening time that you can spend enough time with it without feeling like it's going on for too long. And it's just a very clear like statement of intent, I think for what the artist wants to say.
2: Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? When I was looking at some of these albums I'm picking back up, I can see, oh, it's actually only 43 minutes long. <laughs> but you think these collection of songs have made such a big impression on your life. I think when we were talking about um, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill ahead of the, her, uh, 25th anniversary coming up it's like oh wow it's actually kind of short and then they do that thing uh where you don't you don't hear it so much because you're not listening on cds but you have that sort of period of dead noise
3: and then there's a bonus track at the end yeah i kind of miss people doing that Um, yeah actually that is something that i would like to come back is that surprise thing at the end or like a little skit or some kind of outro
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. The outro is very good. Okay, so it's summer now, um, although you wouldn't probably believe it because we're all stuck indoors. And we're going into sort of what would usually be the festival season. Would have been Glastonbury's 50th this year at the end of June. The Isle of Wight obviously has been cancelled as well. All the big BST Hyde Park concerts are off. Music lovers, it's all starting to look a bit bleak. And obviously for the industry, it's a bit depressing. Do you think we're going to see any
3: live music this year? I am very sorry to be the voice of and Gloom, but I am genuinely convinced that there won't be live music this year, at least not in the UK. Um, You know, I think even if the lockdowns lift by, I don't know, June, uh, early July or whatever, I think just the anxiety that people are going to be feeling isn't something that you want to encourage if you're like saying go into crowds of like thousands of people. Uh, It just wouldn't be the sort of festival experience that people are used to. And so I think it's kind of better to put things on hold, uh, you know, both for safety and also just for morale. Because, yeah, if I went to a festival, say, in a couple of months or something, I think all I'd be thinking about was, you know, how safe was it to be there in the first place? So,
2: I was kind of hoping you might say that some of the later summer ones might be all right. But actually, from a sort of responsibility point of view, it's probably not very sensible, even if they do go ahead, is it?
3: Yeah unfortunately and I think also the problem is is that a lot of artists are now going to be rescheduling their individual projects so you know if they've had an album to promote they've pushed it back to later this year or you know the festival performances were coming in as part of their own tours which they're then pushing back to next year so that means you know in the case of someone like Taylor Swift she's moved all of her dates to next year which means all of the festival performances she was booked for are now not going to happen.
2: Is she, so I had tickets to her BST ones. Does that mean she's not doing them next year or she is, or we do not know yet?
3: Um, I think the majority of festivals that end up postponing this year that are going to keep the same artists for next year uh, because everyone's going to have their tickets. You know, they'll still be valid. Um, So yeah, I think they've paid to see those artists and the artists have been locked in and have contracts and everything. So I imagine the lineups for this year will just be continued to next.
0: Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com.
2: BlueNile.com. On top of festivals and gigs, it's, it's not just the artists that are impacted, of course. These are all huge businesses. You know, I know people that work at the Glastonbury Festival and their entire year is taking up, preparing for that and working towards that. I mean, what what's going to happen to these people? Will they survive, do you
3: think? Um, I mean, I hope so. There's There are quite a few campaigns at the moment, individual crowdfunders and everything, for some of my favourite venues that really need support. Um, you know, even something as historic and established as the Royal Abbott Hall, it's not owned by the government. It's an independent venue. So they really rely on uh, audience donations and, you know, uh, outs- outsourcing funding, I guess to keep going, so it is worrying, you know especially for the kind of the independent venues and smaller businesses, smaller festivals uh, there's one called Arctangent, which is like an alternative and metal festival. They literally just announced that they were canceling today and sort of urged people to keep hold of those tickets for next year because they need to not be giving out refunds right now um because otherwise that's putting them in a very fragile position so It's a little bit scary, I think. Um, I kind of hope that the government's gonna announce an initiative or something to keep supporting the arts because at the moment they've been somewhat neglected during this pandemic.
2: Also, gigs and festivals are sort of how artists make money now in like a world of streaming services where people don't go out and physically buy an album anymore. You know, what impact
3: will this have on artists? Um, I think for smaller artists, it's gonna be difficult. I mean, you know being an artist is expensive the whole thing of recording and touring and even just living like if you're living in somewhere like london um and you're you know flat sharing with the rest of your band or whatever it's an expensive thing to go through and i guess a lot of artists tend to work in things like hospitality as well which is another industry that's getting pretty screwed over at the moment so there are a few initiatives that have been launched but sort of independently by musicians union and uk music are kind of doing things to help at the moment again it's all kind of scattershot really there doesn't seem to be much in the way of organization and
2: where can i sort of find links to places where you can help venues or help artists is there like a collection or have you done a piece for instance
3: Uh, i did actually we did um a sort of roundup of a bunch of artists explaining about why it's so important to support independent music venues and we had people like elvis costello rufus wainwright and a bunch more just uh offering really lovely anecdotes about their experiences of performing in these places that have real history and, you know, offer a proper atmosphere. They're not just coal buildings. They, you know, they've hosted some of the biggest names in the world really. And then in that piece uh, it's, yeah, there's, there are links to, you know, a bunch of the different venues that you can support and crowdfund to, um, you know, there are other ways to support. You can buy merch um, that goes for bands as well. You know, if you want to buy their stuff online, and I think also people are being encouraged to buy actual records and not just stream their music online because, you know, everyone knows you don't make much money from streaming right now.
2: There was something last week, as you know, I'm a massive Madonna fan, to get um, bedtime stories for num- to number one. So I, is that what, what fans are doing, trying to get people to actually physically buy? Not that I think Madonna really needs our financial help at this time, but is that what fans are doing?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, Madonna's doing all right with her... Uh, Private doctor's room and her massive mansion from the effects and claiming that she has antibodies uh, to the virus, so I think she's doing all right um but yeah, definitely fans are amazing you know they they're very resourceful, uh, especially in the internet age, and I think they just have a real desire to support their artists in whatever way they can without actually being encouraged to by the artists themselves like i don't I haven't seen many artists actually asking for help um that, you know you do see these fans on twitter kind of rousing each other up and saying you know what can we do to help our favorites
2: so what about new releases are we seeing artists put back release dates i know some have dropped albums Dua Lipa's record is one of my favorites at the moment and thank god for it it's helping me through my morning workouts is there anything else exciting coming up
3: yeah Dua Lipa's was amazing um it has been slightly chaotic with the release thing there's you know every few days or so there's a new announcement that someone's pushed their album back Uh, a lot of these artists are ones that rely on touring so I think what they're doing is trying to push the the release date back to a time when they think they'll be able to do live shows again to sort of support that release um alternatively some are sticking quite resolutely to the dates they promised and I think that's really good for fans because everyone kind of needs you know things that make them happy right now and I think by delaying your album, you're kind of disappointing fans and also you're just forming this massive backlog uh, of records that are going to come out at the end of the year, which makes it a nightmare, not only for people trying to sift through all these releases and find out what they actually want to listen to, but also for critics trying to pay attention to, you know, each individual artist and give them some proper recognition, I guess.
2: Do you know of anything coming up in the coming weeks that we could look forward to?
3: Yeah, definitely. There's an amazing new album by Sparks, which is coming out on the 15th. I actually had a chat with those guys yesterday and they are on good form, despite not enjoying the lockdown from the sound of it. Um, So yeah, that's definitely one to look out for. Their 2017 record, Hippopotamus, uh, was one of their best reviewed, I think, out of, they've released like 25 albums now. It's crazy, they've been going for about 50 years. And each album is different. And so, yeah, that one I definitely say look out for. Um, there's a new album by Kilani out this Friday. Um, that's Friday the 7th. I think there's a new one from Nora Jones, which is really quite surprising. Wow. In a, in a good way.
2: I didn't know Nora Jones was still recording
3: stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, she's been quiet for a while, I think. And just the fact that you can still have artists who take that much time over making something new is pretty wonderful, I think, uh, especially with you know, the constant demand from fans and from the industry for new stuff all the time.
2: You very kindly made me a playlist the other day, which is probably the first time that anyone's done that in about 15 years. it's <laughs> so nice. Thank you. It really has genuinely brought me real joy. Um, I've been, it's about four hours long, so I've been breaking it up for my morning spin sessions. Um, but obviously not everybody has a handy music correspondent to curate a playlist for them. <laughs> um, where should people look for their new music?
3: Uh, Well, I hope they'd look on the Independence Weekly playlist called Now Hear This, which I curate every Friday, every time uh, all the new releases come out for that week. And there's also a column that goes with it, uh, which sort of runs down, you know, particular favourites or if I really, really don't like um, an album or some music, I might write about it in a negative way. But I tend to try to avoid that because I kind of want it to be a nice place for people to go to and find music that they love.
2: Well, you do have excellent taste. I really, I'm really, i really enjoying Georgia. I'd never heard of her before. She kind of reminds me a bit of Robin. She was someone on the playlist.
3: Yeah, she's great. Just um, big Chicago house influences there. And then you also like Dagny, right?
2: Yeah, I love Dagny. She's great.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're a massive Kylie Minogue fan. I think she's got some Kylie vibes going on. Stop outing me as a Kylie fan. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: No, she has. She's amazing, really into her. I I heard on Spotify that she did a cover of Landslide as well. So she's obviously got a bit of the Mac influencing her as well, which Mm, can never be a bad thing. Um, Okay, so what have you noticed about how people are using music to help themselves and others to get through this time?
3: You know, there's all these videos of people playing the violin on their rooftops or, you know, (laughs) even something as silly but fun as two musicians playing the Titanic theme in a supermarket outside an empty Isle of Lou (laughs) roll. It was kind of brilliant. And I think, you know, people just use music to cheer each other up in various ways and, you know, create these sort of moments that bring people together. And so like, you know, even Lady Gaga's One World thing, like I said, it wasn't, obviously it's not the same as watching a live concert, but seeing the Rolling Stones try and coordinate a Zoom performance from their respective houses, and play like kind of in time to each other and everything was pretty special
2: maybe I should stop being a snob and actually check that out
3: you definitely should (laughs)
2: okay I will um recessions and periods of sort of darkness have often inspired some of the best records that you know we know do you think we'll see any unexpected positive effects from this lockdown on music
3: yeah definitely I mean you know charlie xcx right now is preparing to release a new album I think that's again that's coming out on the 15th of May and she said that this has been an incredible period of creativity for her because I think she has no external distractions she hasn't got a label breathing down her neck because she wasn't actually planning to release an album in this time Uh, she only released one I think end of last year beginning of this one so you know and she said she's found the kind of the whole process of making an album from home um off her own experience really rewarding did you just hear the cat (laughs) (laughs)
2: thanks rasheen i look forward to reading your work this week when did you say the next on the record is out and who's in it
3: the next on the record is out this friday uh it's actually by one of our freelance critics jasmine rowe and it's about an excellent album by Isaac hayes called black moses and it's a brilliant piece
2: before we leave a reminder that you can get in touch with the podcast team here to ask questions or suggest future subjects for discussion so please email the coronavirus podcast at independent.co.uk alternatively you can use the social media hashtag indie coronavirus podcast that's indie with the a y you can of course also read all about the covid19 pandemic as it unfolds on our website independent.co.uk And there's also an email newsletter you can sign up to if you want the latest news and advice delivered to your inbox daily. There's more information on that on our website. Also, you can subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen, so you never miss an episode. And be sure to leave us a rating and a comment if you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening.